Well, aloha, everybody. Aloha. aloha. It's so, so good to be here with all of you guys, and um, it's a huge blessing. Uh, uh, we got a chance to meet uh, Pastor Mark and Meg uh, this past year. We are in a small group together, and it was just fabulous. And, and I've been watching your services. It's so exciting. I, I, in fact, I sent some of, some of Mark's messages to, to all of my friends because I said, this is, this is incredible, the things that Mark is talking about. So I sent it out to a bunch of other pastors to listen to. Um, what you have here is very special. It's God. It's the presence of the Lord. And, and I want to give my compliments also to Pastor Rick as well. Um, this doesn't happen overnight. You know, you've been working at this for many years, you know. Uh, and just a couple of things. One is, this is a new hope, but it's unique. It's not like, there's no cookie cutter new hopes. You know, this has its own flavor altogether. And I know that going all the way back to Pastor Wayne Cordero, uh, he would be rejoicing to see this. In fact, he does rejoice to see the so many different expressions of it. And again, just so blessed with the roots, the foundation that Pastor Rick laid down here. But the second thing is this. To see the transition, especially from a long-term pastor to the next pastor, usually that, next, that transition doesn't survive it, to be perfectly honest with you. Much less begin to thrive under a new regime, or a new leadership, I should say, rather. There's even more, it's even more stacked against it if it goes on to your son to take over, okay? <laughs> because of all the dynamics. And what this speaks of is healthy family. That's the only way this thing could have happened like this. To be perfectly honest, how many businesses transfer from parent to child in a healthy manner? I want to tell you straight up, very, very few, right? Very, very few. Because there's just so many dynamics at play. And what's happened here is so healthy. It's so part of the presence of the Lord. The kingdom of God is here and... Uh, and I want to, and you all are part of it. It's not just Rick and Mark. It's all of you that make this up together. And so I just want to bless you and thank you for being such a tremendous witness. And there is much more ahead because of that. Let's give the Lord a hand, a clap, uh, yeah, a hand on this. Thank you, Lord. Joy and I do a lot of things together, and, um, and so I said, I said, Joy, I know you're going to have a word for them. Even if you don't have a word, you should share a word anyway, because <laughs> no, just you make me look a thousand times better when you're up here, um, but um, you want to share? Well, uh, as you shared that, um, you know, we heard, we listened to Mark online, we heard about him from, um, we were eating at CPK in Kailua. And one of the um, servers, we got to talking to her, and um, she shared that she had come here, and she goes, that pastor, he, he preaches in pigeon. You know? 
We got to hear this. <laughs> but yeah, that Best was... pigeon ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was really cool to, um, yeah, to meet this woman there. And, um, but we are so glad to be here today um, meeting Mark and Megan in our small group. Um, going through the, that accelerator course together. And if you ever have a chance to, it's so awesome. It really does transform your, yourself, your family, and it goes on to your city, and it'll go on to our nation and the nations, like you guys are doing in Kenya. That's so awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, Cal texted me this morning before I got up, and <laughs> he said, you... Share, share a word. So I was praying, and the Lord um, gave me the scripture from Romans 8:19. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. And I just, the word I felt like God saying, you know, we're all God's sons and daughters. And that all of creation that is waiting, waiting for us to um, reveal that God is our Father. And um, sometimes, you know, when God asks me to do something, I'm like, who, me? You know, or if it's like, I'm thinking if someone, you know, you're walking and someone's calling you and you're like, is it me? You know, you turn around, is it me? God, are you saying that's for me? And um, I'm learning how to say yes, Lord, you know, whenever he calls me as his daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just knowing that he's always with me and that mm-hmm. he's going to help me. Sometimes I think, God, choose somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. not me. But if God is saying he's choosing you, you, you know, you may not feel like you're the best one, but he is calling you, and he's choosing you. Yeah, so Amen. that was the word I Amen. had. Amen. Great word. Hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you, oh. yes, why don't you pray? I, you know, in, in, uh, in the Jewish tradition, uh, on Shabbat, the woman lights the candles. Now, where's Sivan? Sivan around here. Back here. Isn't it true that the, wo- the mother lights the candles on Shabbat, right? And, and the idea is that actually the mother is the light bearer into the family. She, and women a lot of times have a greater sense of spirituality than men. You know, I hate to say it, but, that, you know. And, but in the Jewish tradition, she lights the candles. And it's as if she ushers in the presence of the Lord into that family. And for Shabbat, for uh, the family dinner, if you will, you know, and... Uh, so I'm going to ask Joy if she can just uh, lead us in prayer. And let's invite the, he's already here, but we want even more, right? Don't you want more? We hunger and thirst for more. So I'm going to ask Joy to lead us in prayer. All right. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We've been praying all morning, worshiping, blessing yes, you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. And we invite you even more, Lord, your manifest presence the presence of Jesus. Yes, Lord, just walk among us. Sit with us, Lord. We thank you so much. And we just, um, yeah, we impart life too, Lord. As mothers, we, 
we are able to impart life. And so we impart your life to every person here, Lord, in their spirits, in their hearts, in their bodies, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. I bless every person in this place, Lord, every family in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you. All right. I've been in prayer this morning, and, um, and the Lord just keeps saying to me, this, he's going to be some, he's already doing it, but he's doing something very powerful in this church. He's going to do something very powerful in lives here today. Um, and I love your title of your series, Ohana Means Church. It's a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> title. It's exactly uh, what my heart is. You can put on that first slide of uh, Ohana Means Church. And, but also, I want to add this in, that church means Ohana. You know, it's, it's both. And um, I'm not sure where our slides are, but that's okay. <laughs> um, in Matthew 16, in slide number four, he says this, Jesus said this, I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, I, I, I use the word ecclesia rather than the word church. Because when we hear the word church, we immediately think of a building. We immediately think of an organization. We immediately think of a pastor and a congregation. Right? You know, that, that's... But is that what Jesus meant when he said, used the word ecclesia, which is the Greek word that we've translated today, church? You know? And, and the Roman usage of it, and, and he said it at the gates of Hades, um, in Caesarea Philippi, in, in Israel, and the Roman usage was that it was a, used a term used to Romanize, that the Romans used to Romanize their conquered cities and states. In other words, you know, uh, when Rome took over a city, they immediately began to Romanize it, to make it look and act and feel like Rome, to bring in Roman laws. You know, and, and the whole idea, and it was called an ecclesia that was used to Romanize that city. Uh, I, I can go into more history of it, but I'm not going to spend that much time. Uh, and uh, the ecclesia was led by a Roman term called apostles. These are all secular languages, okay? I mean, these were not religious words. Today, when we hear these terms, apostles and church, we immediately think it's religious. In Jesus' day, it wasn't religious. It was a political term. Ecclesia literally meant the, when led by an apostle, a Roman apostle who was basically an admiral or a general, who came in with a fleet of ships into a city, and they would begin to construct Roman buildings, Roman temples, and, uh, and bring in Roman laws into that city to Romanize that city. Okay? You know? And uh, and this idea of the ecclesia, so when, 
it, it was of the Roman ecclesia, it was seen in the power of what they call the conventus, where there are two or three Roman, where, wherever two or three Roman citizens came together, the power and the might of Caesar was there. All it took was two or three Roman citizens together, and they said, the Roman Empire is here. Does this sound familiar? Huh? Jesus said this. He said, I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And he said, and I'm bringing in my kingdom. And he began to preach about his kingdom. Wherever he went, he preached about the kingdom of God. Why? Because he's bringing in his ecclesia. He's bringing in his kingdom. Hello? Does this make sense? Huh? So church, so when he's thinking of church, he's thinking of something completely different of how we think of church. Right? You know? He, if, if he was going to build something that we want, you can go on to the, the, the next. Uh, he didn't say, I will build my temple. He could have said it, and immediately the Jews would have connected. Right? Of the temple in Jerusalem. He could have said, I will build my synagogue. And immediately the Jews would connect with it and say, okay, these are religious institutions. No, Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. And you know where he did it? He did it right where there was a temple of Caesar. At the gates of Hades, there was a temple to Caesar. And he said, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail. And as he said... My ecclesia is so powerful, the Roman Empire will not stand against my empire. What I build, what I build, my church, my ecclesia is more powerful than the Roman Empire. Uh, and then there was a temple of Pan. The temple of Pan was a place of idolatry and demonic worship. And then there was... Literally, the gates of Hades, where there was human sacrifice. All of, it was a very dark, dark place. You know, I don't know how many guys have been up to uh, surfing the nations. Have you been up to surfing the Who here has been up to surfing the nations up in Waiha? Okay, just one of us. Great. I see that hand. Okay. Uh, it's so interesting. They took, they took uh, basically a, a brothel it, uh, where there was prostitution being held, and they've transformed it. And now it is, it's a place of transformation in Waihua. But there's places they've left the old brothel there just so that you can see it. And when you walk in, you can feel the darkness in some of the places there. You know, you can feel it. I, I grew up, a big part of my youth was spent in Chinatown, you know, and uh, my, my grandma had a restaurant there. And during the Second World War, the brothels were rampant all throughout Chinatown. The lines of these young military men went around the block. And, and you could walk in some of those ways. You can feel the darkness. That's just a brothel. These were not only brothels. They were places of human sacrifice. It was a place where the Roman might was shown. And Jesus stands right here. It's a place where human... There are sacrifices, and the darkness was incredible. 
And Jesus stands there and he says, my ecclesia, I'm going to heavenize even this. And this cannot, sta- cannot stand up against my empire, against my kingdom. You know, my ecclesia. He goes on to say, next slide, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'll give you the keys as my ecclesia of the kingdom of heaven to release heaven on earth. When the Lord taught us his prayer, what did he say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. He's unleashing He wants us to unleash the kingdom of heaven where? On earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done, right? And so he says, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Could it be that God has designed his ecclesia to be far more powerful than what we see today. What is the essence of Jesus' ecclesia? And when you go back to what an ecclesia, as powerful as it is, when Jesus built his ecclesia, an ecclesia should be an ohana, and an ohana should be an ecclesia. As powerful, when we think of, okay, ecclesia is more powerful than all these government structures, more powerful. What is it? He said it's a family. That's the power of the ecclesia. The power of the ecclesia. When a family is right, the ecclesia is there. It doesn't mean the family is perfect. The Stinton family, as much as I hate to say it, I bet you they're not perfect. <laughs> right? You know? But they serve a perfect God who is perfecting them. Rick, how many generations of pastors in your family? He was a medical missionary serving the Lord. Your grandfather was a church planter. Okay. You hear the power? How many people has the Stinton family touched in the last four generations, last five generations? One family. One family. One family. The power of one family becoming Jesus' ecclesia. The power of the ecclesia becoming a family. That's your family. That's what God wants for your family. That your family will make a difference. Your ohana is here to make a difference for this generation. And not only for this generation, for generations to come. Can you imagine the impact, if the Lord doesn't return, the impact your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren can have 
in Hawaii and the nations of the world. Right? That's the power of the ecclesia. That's when a family becomes an ecclesia, the gates of hell shall not prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail. If we let our families, and uh, by the way, ohana is found in Wikipedia. I looked it up. Ohana is a Hawaiian term meaning family in an extended sense of the term, including blood-related, adoptive, or intentional people. Okay? Ohana literally means not just you and your nuclear family. It's all the people you're associated with. It is very similar to how the Bible uses the word oikos, or family. That's why you, I love the, how you guys here call everything ohana, you know. And I, I'm not going to play this uh, Lilo and Stitch video, but <laughs> I wanted to show it, but that's okay. We, we don't have the time. Ohana means family, and family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. In God's family, nobody gets left behind. He will always be there. He will always be there. The Father sent Jesus to hanai us, to make us a part of his ohana. Right? You know, we talked about this. Jesus related to God as Father, our Father who art in heaven. Jesus was in his, in his deepest need. He called God Abba. God relates to him within the Trinity as a family. As a family. Jesus opened the way for us to relate to God as his family. That's what we've been singing about all morning. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And God opened the way for us to relate to God as his family. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why did Jesus come? He said, I came to show you the Father. And I want you to know that the Father looks like me, acts like me. He's just like me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, is what Jesus said. You want to know what the Heavenly Father is like? Look at Jesus. You go, wait a minute. I thought the Heavenly Father is some stern judge in the sky, holding lightning bolts, ready to strike down anybody that's dead. If you want to see what the Father looks like, he looks like Jesus. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me, Jesus said. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Through me. Today is, I believe, Yom Kippur is what uh, Sivan shared this morning. Today, Yom Kippur? Tonight, tomorrow, at sundown, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the week, the day of atonement. When they sacrificed the lamb. When Jesus died on the cross, he is the sacrificed lamb over all of us. So when God sees us, and we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and this may sound really gory, okay, but in the temple of in the temple, there was this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. And in Yom Kippur, they would pour the blood of the Lamb over the Ark of the Covenant. 
so that the holiness and the justice of God would see, these two cherubim would see, instead of seeing our sins, it sees the sacrifice of the Lamb. When we receive Jesus, God sees us, but he sees the covering of our beautiful Savior. We become the Ark of the Covenant, where God dwells inside of us. And it is the blood of the Lamb that covers us, so when God sees us, he sees the sacrifice of his Son. And so we have given the right to become his sons and daughters. And he becomes our father. God relates to us no longer as a distant God, but one right there with us, above us, inside us, around us, becomes our God. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you, you receive him. And watch God change your relationship with God as becoming your father, the father you never had, in a whole new way. Because why? Because at the end of the day, God invites us into family. The church is a family. He says in Romans 8.15, you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. Or in the Passion Version, the spirit of religious duty or, or, or slavery leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters. He has hanaid us. By which we cry out. In our innermost being, Abba, Father. E Abba, Kemako. Where God now becomes our Father. He becomes our Makua. You see, Jesus' ecclesia in its essence is God's ohana. It has so much power, but in its essence, this ecclesia, this powerful thing called the ecclesia, it's an ohana. Isn't that crazy? Yeah? In 1 Timothy, Paul writes, to Timothy, this young pastor is taking over one of the greatest churches of the New Testament era. And he writes to Timothy, and he says, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household or family or oikos of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. In the Hawaiian, he calls it the, the hale okeakua. It's, this is the hale of God. This is the ohana of God when we come together. This is the hale. And, and you see, people, this is the verse that I kept feeling like the Lord said to share with you this. 
that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household or the family. When the Greek word is oikos, the family of God, the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. You know, as I came to a realization that the church, if it's going to be as powerful as it is, it must be an ohana. I realize, and you guys have already done this, but for me, I realized that my role as the lead pastor when I was pastoring at MGMC, and this is about 10 years ago now, I realized that my role had to change because I saw myself more as a CEO leading a business than I did a father. A father. That the men of the church... Our goal is to be not just fathers of our own families, but fathers in the church. I write to you, fathers. I write to you, young men. I write to you, young women. I write to you, children. And I realized that my role in the church, I had taken on the role of being a business leader, of being, at best, a speaker or a teacher, which are all good things, Okay? That's not, that's not bad, but that's not the ultimate. The ultimate was God was calling me to be a father. You know, one of the greatest missionaries of Hawaii is Titus Cohn. He's the one that started the great awakening of Hawaii. Do you know what they used to call Titus Cohn? Makua Koane. Makua. Makua. Because how he related to the Hawaiian people was as a father. And God used Makua Koane to usher in one of the greatest revivals the world has ever seen. It's rated in the top 10 revivals of the world is what happened here in Hawaii. We want our families to be families, and rightfully so, and that's why this series is so important. But it begins... So often, it begins here. When we come together, we come together as family. We come together as fathers and mothers, as sisters and brothers, as, as sons and daughters, as we come together. And, and this ohana that God is doing it is, it's, happens here, but I got to tell you something else. It's got to happen in your homes. This idea of family. This idea of God's family invading my family has got to be present in my home. Otherwise, what's going to happen is, you know, when I took on the, when I had to, by the way, I had to repent before our congregation said, you know what, guys? I've taken on the wrong role. And I, I'm, I need to be work as a father rather than as a CEO. And I repented and asked for forgiveness. And I said, I'm going to be a spiritual father here. Not the only spiritual father. I'm going to be a spiritual father. My dad came up to me. He was in his 80s. And he said, son, I want to treat you as my spiritual father. I said, no, no, dad. You can't do that. He goes, no, no. The Lord made it clear. 
He said, because for me, as an Okinawan uh, man, all I know of father as this uh, otosama, way up in the sky. And so he, he said, you're going to be my spiritual father. A few weeks later, dad came back to me and he said, you know, Cal, I want you to know that my relationship with God has drastically changed. For the first time in my life, I can call God dad. And I can relate, because I could never relate to my own father. And somehow, spiritually, here in this congregation, it changed how I can relate to my own father. And how I relate to God as my daddy. This is an 80-some-year-old man. You never stop being a father. See, if I'm a CEO, what I do is, when I leave church, that was my business hat. Now I go home, and since the NFL is on, <laughs> no bother me, I am now at home. I'm now wearing my home hat, and I'm going into my man cave, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I still love it, okay? I still, and I need that, I need that, okay? I need that man time. We all need it. <laughs> but, but I take on the other role that I never lose of what it means to be a father. What it means to be a father. So one day, and you can get that video ready, the uh, Delima video. So one day during COVID, we were ministering to Hawaiian entertainers because they had no work. Waikiki was shut down. And, and so we we're collecting money and giving money to Hawaiian entertainers. And so, um, uh, and we had known Kelly Boy, uh, Delima of Kapena. And, and we were going to minister, uh, giving, ministering to them. And then one day the Lord gave me a word for Kelly Boy. And he said, uh, Kelly Boy is stuck. He can't get out of what he's caught in, you know. And so I said, I, I don't hardly know Kelly Boy. I've talked to him, you know, a couple times in the last 20 years. <laughs> but we're going to meet with him. I mean, we were, had developed this relationship with Kelly. And so, <clears throat> so I caught up Kelly Boy. I go, Kelly Boy, um, can we have breakfast with you? He said, yeah, what's up? I said, I got one word for you, but I got to share it to you in person, you know, and going to be me and Pastor Ellie Kapihe. So Kelly goes, okay, okay. So we meet in Kaneohe. We all live in Kaneohe, so we meet at the Co-op Pancake House out there. And then I sit down. He goes, so what's, what's the word? I said, it's just two words. You stuck. And it was as if, the words flew out of my mouth and hit him across the face. I, I had no idea what I was saying. You know. Caleb will put his head down. He put his head back up and he said, you so right, Pastor Cal. And then he began to share. And God did a revolution in his heart. 
of how to experience Jesus' ecclesia in his family. Because he was stuck. Yeah? So I want to show you this video of him sharing his testimony. Okay, it's an eight-minute video. And so I'm going to go a little bit over time, a few seconds over time. Is that okay? Okay? All right. Their aloha is going all over the world. See, but people see only what's on stage. Kelly Boy is going to remove the curtain, and he's going to share the story and uh, things that happen behind the scenes. So please welcome up, Kelly Boy. Um, we've been blessed for so many years, performing and entertaining. It's been a, a, a true blessing, you know, performing with my, my children. And, and everywhere we go, you know, there's one thing that people come up and they say, wow, you know, what a beautiful family and you're so blessed. I've been married for 32 years to my, to my wife. We was married at 20 years old. Oh, we were both young. You know, I, I married a pastor's daughter. So God set me up long time ago. You know, he, he's like, bro, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. I grew up in Waianae. I grew up in Makaha. And uh, my dad, he was, uh, he was an awesome dad. I, I loved my dad. But, uh, you know, my dad had an ugly side too. You know, he was, uh, uh, he had a, lo a lot of anger issues. And I saw my mom and dad, you know, go through on, uh, you know, one bad separation and divorce. And I seen my dad beat my mom and... My dad would beat us, and he would beat me, especially when I got out of, you know, out of line. You know, the Bible says to spare the rod, you know. I mean, my dad bent the rod over us, you know, <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, and I remember some of the beatings that I got. I said to myself, man, you know, if, if I ever become one dad, I'm not going to beat my kids like that, or I'm not going to hurt them. I grew up to be the same person as, as my dad was. You know, most people, they think, ah, Kelly Boy, he's the nicest guy in the world, you know, but, you know, I have a, an other side too. I, get, I carried my dad's anger issues. And uh, I noticed it many years ago when my son, Capena, was going to college. We were looking at this um, exotic car that was parked in this parking lot up in uh, Emeryville in San Francisco. Some wise guy was yelling over, went yellow over at us, over the railing. And uh, he was making some comments like, hey, get away from the car. And we wasn't touching the car or anything. We was just admiring the car, you know. And uh, I remember my, seeing my son's rage. Like, he was yelling at him and he was... I realized for the first time that not only I was like my dad, I had this anger issue, but I was passing it down to my next generation. When we get into that kind of anger like that, you know, my anger, I would black out. I just, I not, I don't see, I can hear my wife yelling at me, stop, stop. I cannot hear them. I mean, I can, but I'm just blocking things out, you know. And I was just this big, I'm just a big control freak, you know, and I, and I put this control on, on them, you know, like, I want things this way, I want it my way, and it was all good when they were kids, you know. You know, Penna Boy, I got so mad with him because he got his girlfriend pregnant. Shucks, I got my wife pregnant, and she was a pastor's daughter, you know. 
we wasn't married. So why I get so mad? Why did I get so, you know, I just, my control, you know, I like being, I wanted to be in control. Then me and my, my youngest, Lilo, years later, we got into the biggest fight. I mean, this was the first one. You know, the other kids, when I yell at them, they just put their head down and they, Lilo, I yelled at her. She threw blows with me in my living room one day, you know? And we got past that and then we got into another fight just before we were going to one gig at Duke's Waikiki. And bruh, that was it. She she moved out. She didn't want any part of it. And you know, and then last but not least, my baby, my my first baby girl. You know, the one that when she was born, I changed my whole life. You know, God changed my whole life. I was like, I was on, I was this drug addict on ice and I was gone. And I said to the Lord, I said, you give me that baby girl, Lord. I'm going, I'm going to stop all of this. All of this stuff I'm going to put past me. And when Kalena Koo was born, I, I, I called her my right-hand man, even though she's my daughter. But, you know, she was my right hand, you know. And that was a camel that broke, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back when her and I got into it. Because, you know, the look of disgust that she had in her face, you know, towards me, the one that's supposed to protect her and love her. I couldn't bear it. She would come to our gigs and she wouldn't even look at me, you know? I just didn't know how to let go, you know? God, control our life. That's the only way we're gonna be set free of this. I never saw my wife's heart more broken in my in my entire 32 years married to her especially hawaiians where we shame for share this kind of stuff i shame for be here crying in front of you guys and but you know something i just gotta let god take over on a very positive note we're looking at each other again and we're smiling at each other again <laughs> is my children to um, look at me with love in their eyes, you know? And you know, now my, my son, he comes over. My, my Lilo, she, um, she moved in, she got married and she moved in with us, Kaneohe, upstairs in the back, you know, her and her husband and my Kalena all always calls me and she goes, hello, father. That's her. <laughs> I really believe when I met with Pastor Cal and Pastor Ellie that, that God delivered me from, from that, you know? I'm not going to... Pastor Ellie told me, Kelly boy, we're not going to stop getting angry. You know, you go get upset, you know, but I'm not going to that dark side. And here's my kids. This is my Kalena Kuhu. This is my Lilo right here. My son Kapena. And uh, I am I'm blessed. This sense of time cannot erase the tears The memories we've shared And now that I'm awake 
say to you that uh, it's gotten better and it got worse because when you start dealing with issues you have to deal with issues but whatsoever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven whatsoever you loose on earth shall have been loose in heaven and we begin to be the ecclesia where we begin dealing with our issues and they have their, their son, uh, Capena, shortly after this, we discovered he had a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction. But he was defeated, and he's come through. They, they've worked through these issues. This relationship with his father is completely... Because there's years of all of this hurt you know, that they're working through, but the family is thriving. The family is making a difference wherever they go. When they, they do their shows in Waikiki, it is to the glory of God. Their family is impacting, sharing the gospel with thousands of people. The Japanese tourists love going to listen to Kapena. In Japan, less than, one, less than 3% are Christians in Japan. But when they come to Hawaii, they're getting exposed to the gospel like no place else in the world. You know, and they're coming to the Lord. The power of a family becoming an ecclesia is not just for the Stinton family. It's not just for the Delima family. It's not just for the Chinan family. It is for your family. Is for your family. Will you allow Jesus to come in and take over your family? And it's going to take a while. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to take a while. But if you will persevere, you will persevere. You will see God do incredible things of binding and loosening. You know, it'll be incredible. Go to Megan's class after this. That's a binding and loosening class. Right, Meg? It really is. Meg is powerless on her own to transform any family, but Jesus is, and the ecclesia is. That's what this class is. It's an ecclesia. Amen?
Amen. I don't know who to hand it over to. Who do I hand it over to? Do I? Mark, have you abandoned me? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Anybody receive that this morning? Amen. What a word. Um, why don't we all stand and just pray together as we close? Um, we're just so thankful for you, Pastor Kyle. Pastor Kyle, I just feel like um, this was such a, an important word for him because he's um, in the season of what, like he said, realizing his own spiritual father, the calling to be a spiritual father. And he's like that for many, many of the next generation. He's spending all his time right now investing in another generation, the generations that are coming up. And we're just blessed to be a part of the reception of that. Uh, and so what I want to do this morning is we want to pray for your families. And I want to just kind of finish by praying for Pastor Cal, his calling and his ministry going forward from here, that he would continue to follow and pursue the things of the Lord. So Lord, we just um, pray right now for each family here, God. May the ecclesia not be something we come to on Sundays, Father, but something that dwells inside the four walls of our homes. God, may there be just an abundance an absolute abundance of love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness in our homes. Father, as parents, God, may we, we create a culture where your gospel can thrive. As kids, Lord, may we honor our parents the way that you've asked us to honor them and, and live in the promise of fruitful living because of that. Jesus, we thank you for the, the Hanai Ohana, the extended Ohana, everyone part of the household. We thank you, Lord, that you're building something on earth. You're building this thing we call the kingdom. We thank you, God, that the kingdom is just like an art. It's a gallery full of lots of family pictures. That's what it is. And so we, every family here gets to put their picture on the wall in this thing of the kingdom. And so, Lord, we thank you for the beautiful relationships. We pray for repairing, Lord. Father, ask, I pray for a spirit of forgiveness to radiate in homes where forgiveness is needed. We thank you, Lord, for the transforming power of your love, their self-sacrificial forgiveness. Lord, we've just seen it at work. We thank you for Kelly Boy and the Dilema Ohana, Lord, and just the way you've worked in them. And Father, we just pray finally, God, just for Pastor Cal and Joy and all the grandkids and all the ex extensions of their household as their household is growing, Lord. May have long years, Lord, of ministry. May he, may he go from here, and Father, may doors open up for him to come and love um, the next generation as a, as a spiritual father. Lord, may he just pave a trail for the rest of us to look, see what a spiritual han, ohana ought to look like. And Jesus, I just pray for each one here, God, with the spirit of motivation in us to go home, to pray, to be in your presence, to allow your, your presence into our families. And Jesus, that we would no longer be the same because of the power of God living in us and in our families. And so, Jesus, we just bless Pastor Cal. We just bless every family here, God. And we just say, Father, your will be done in our lives, in our families, here on earth as it is in heaven. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let me pray a blessing. I want to pray a blessing here. You got you to gotta grab it, though. If you want it, you got to grab it. Okay? <laughs> Lord, I pray a blessing that your ohana will become God's ohana. Whether they're family members that know you or not is secondary. You are the carrier. 
And so I speak an impartation of God's ohana upon you now in Jesus' name. And you receive it. Receive it. Receive it. See, I, just say, I receive it now. Come over here. Wow. Thank you, Lord. We bless you now, God. We bless you now. Yes, we see. And I, and I just want to say this, that if there's anyone here that you have not asked Jesus to come into your life, to come into your family, to be your Lord and Savior, to make God your Father. Is anybody here that you don't know for sure, but you want to make it sure today? Yeah, would you just look at me, lift up your hands, say, that's me. Anybody here that you want that? All right. Amen, I see that. Anyone else? All right. Why don't we pray, and we're going to say it on behalf of those who are want this. You can repeat after me. Dear Lord. Say it, say it out loud for the sake of each other, okay? Dear Lord, I receive you now as my Lord, as my King. Be the Savior of my life and my family. Forgive us our sins as we forgive one another. And I receive you as your child now, as your keiki now, and you are my makua. In Jesus' name, amen.